Hey, what's up everybody? It's Justin Gatlin here. We're getting ready for another episode of Ready, Set, Go. I want to thank all the listeners, all the watchers, and all the haters. Stay tuned. Y'all know what it is. Y'all know this man's right over to my left. Name Rodney Green. It's blessing to be here, man. He He's talking like this is his first time talking. My name is Rodney Green. It is. First time being here. I'm a clone. Here we go. I'm a clone. <laughs> All right, Gucci. <laughs> man, we're going to get right into it, man. We want to talk about, man, we uh, we had a camp today. Camp was really good. I feel like we gave the parents and the kids a lot of information, man. We're just going to expound on uh, the deficiencies in our sport when it comes to high school track and field. All right? Uh, some of the deficiencies that we saw, a lot of parents don't even realize. We saw kids come to the track to warm up in Crocs, which is definitely yeah. a no-no. Yeah. In my head, I'm like, how is this still a thing? You know what I mean? What else did you see out there today? Um, none of the kids and none of the athletes had any kind of tools like softball, a baseball, a foam roller. I seen one kid with a massage gun and they used it like the second day halfway through the workouts. You know what I mean? But the fact is you find a lot of these kids that want to have a track and field dream or accomplish or get a scholarship and they don't know the necessary foundation of being a track athlete and sustaining that kind of career to get you to the next level. Yeah. Well, we definitely uh, enjoyed that camp and we gave the information of how first, you want to keep your grades first. You want to, uh, hopefully, I always encourage kids to try to maintain over a 3.0, so that's not a problem. And then second, you want to try to compete or find a coach who will help develop you to the best of your ability. Meaning this coach has a track record of athletes in his arsenal who he's done well with or who he's developed and sent to the next level. Um, uh, I remember competing in high school, uh, I went to two high schools. I went to Freebird Anglican High School, which is now Bishop Michael Eldon. And I, when I came to the United States, I went to Miami, Cara City, uh, down there, called the MCC Zoo. So uh, I, don't oh, know, I don't know if they call it. I don't know if they, they call it that Carol now. City? But back there, yeah, it's Halloween every day. Ooh. Every day. <laughs> so, you had uh, to run then. You had to run, okay. man. We, okay. There's Popeyes right across the street, and a shootout going on right over here. <laughs> 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 I might have actually, I practiced one time, there was a shootout, and our coach, uh, Troy Parker, had to tell everybody to get down at the track. But um, Get down, not leave, yeah. but just get down. Yeah, get down. Until then, the gun fires over. And then practice. And then resume. resume. <laughs> All right. That sounds like when I, when, I, when I trained in Jamaica, like 2005, we used to go and train in Jamaica for like a week or two weeks. And I remember us being at the track, we warming up, we running. And I kept hearing, I felt like I heard hammers. Like they were building something around the track. I was like, why are they... Why is all these hammers going off? Bop, 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 bop. I'm thinking that somebody's building something. They was like, nah, man, those are gunshots. <laughs> People then, just busting off broad daylight. And this is in Kingston. Kingston. <laughs> Kingston. Shout out to Kingston. Shout out to Jamaica. <laughs> Y'all keep building. <laughs> man, uh, also today, man, I, we actually saw some good raw talent. Um, we want to definitely encourage the parents when your kid wants to try like a sport, uh, research the sport, research the coaches, research those type of things so you could actually try to be um, a part of your child's journey as far as track and field is concerned. Uh, I remember one time my parents was trying to get involved in, in my journey 
And uh, my brother came to one of my track meets. It was Island. We call it Island Sports. It's when all the schools on the island have a, have a sports day. Um, like Carifta's almost? Uh, no, but, but that's, that's like all the countries. Oh, so, so you have Carifta trials where it's okay. just the... Just that one country, okay. whether it be Bahamas, Jamaica, so whatever. So smaller, smaller version. Right. So, okay. but just the island, just all the schools on the island. I got you. But I always ended up running under age group higher than mine. And this is where I almost quit track. I remember running under 15 when I was supposed to be under 13. And I almost closed the gate. Why you do that? It, my dad was like, oh, it'll make him stronger. Make him run up under the highest So I just became this tall probably when I was like 18. But I was like maybe like. Four foot eight. So you could have had a whole neck full of medals. 100%. But my dad would be like, oh, it's false. He's faster than the kids. He's 13. Make him run under 15. <laughs> but once you run under 15, you can't go back down. Oh. So once you run one way, you cannot so go back down. So you stuck. I was stuck. And then, you were stuck for like two years. Right. So when I went under 17, I was really under 15, but I was still running against the kids that was under 17. So basically for two years, you just fighting. Yes. 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 You, and I almost closed the gate. If you don't know what close the gate means, that means come dead last. And if I would have came last in that one meet where my, where my parents came to watch me, because I was so embarrassed, I got second to last, uh, I probably would have quit track. Really? I, I probably would have quit. I can feel it. You know, when you feel somebody on you, and you're like, oh, my God. So you're telling me that one person that, one person, that did yeah. not beat you saved your track career. I don't know the name. Thanks to you, because I wouldn't be sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> I should be the you name. Are. Wherever you are. We appreciate you getting eighth. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate you getting last. <laughs> but yeah, man, that's, that's the one goal. I think every parent, once they get involved in the track, they be like, hey, don't come last. <laughs> <laughs> so from that point on, all right, you went from the Bahamas, you went to Miami, you start running. Did you also play other sports as I, a youth? Because nowadays it's really popular for a lot of these kids to play dual sports, women and men. I tried. I tried. Um, I tried up for football. So when I first got there, um, they realized I was pretty quick. Um, and I went out and I tried one day for, um, out for football. But uh, I remember playing with some of my friends and they played football. And they were throwing the football, and he threw the football, and I was running across the middle trying to catch the football. So I jumped and exposed all of this to catch the football, and my friend was a safety. He jumped, and he caught me, and he, like, put me into the ground. And I hit the ground and made this noise. <laughs> well, first of all, that don't even sound like a friend. <laughs> that he going to catch you midair and then slam you to the ground? <laughs> But he was like, this is what American football is all about. Because you don't play American football in the Bahamas. That's called hazing, my friend. That's what that is. <laughs> that hazed me enough to keep me away so from football. So you had no pads on, no helmet on. He just tackled you, slammed you to the ground. Yes, he right. did. He did. And when I felt that pain, he was like, yeah, man, you ain't even got pads on. It feel even worse. They call it, uh, what they said, they call it, uh, you got clapped. Like, <laughs> but I did. I did, man. But um, after that, man, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna just stick to a non-contact sport. But I do believe if we did have like uh, American style playing football in the Bahamas, I probably wouldn't have quit or, I didn't quit, but I just didn't try out anymore. I got you. I feel like I probably would have developed. I feel like I would have been like a DB, man. Cause you know me, I like to talk, talk oh, crazy. Yeah. You'd have been DB. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably been, been like DB. a DB. Up and down the field or whatever. Um, they can be like, oh man, you on ride side, man. Yeah. You gonna talk all yeah, that crap to you. I'm to lock it down, man. Shit. But Shout out to DBs. I'm not saying that I could have. I'm saying I would have tried to learn my best. I'm not saying that it was easy, but I'm just saying. 
Entonces, <risa> eh, um, so your son, your, Ray, he plays both sides right now. You got him doing football. Oh, yeah. Running back right now. Yeah. And then now he's developing into a track runner for speed, right? right. He's using more for a tool. Right. Okay, so a lot of athletes nowadays don't have to feel like they go, they're going to be an Olympic champion and a Super Bowl champion. They can use one sport to be able to use as a tool, usually speed. Right. Okay. So I get a lot of, oh, we both, we get a lot of football kids that talk to us, and we understand that the 40 matters. The 40 matters, but nowadays, now the 100 matters. So if you talk to a lot of coaches who coach like the Power 5 schools, the 100 meter matters. Yeah. And the magic number for most Power 5 schools, if you play a specialty position, wide receiver, running back, DB, if you run 10-5, that's 10-5 or better. You're going to you, get letters. Yeah, you're going to get letters. You're, you're go, if your grades are good. If your grades are good. <laughs> you're going to get letters. So that's, that's the magic number. Once I got my son to really understand that, he started to take track and field really seriously. And that's the one thing that you can't develop in mostly drilling and doing the shuttle drill or the L drill or anything else. You can't really develop speed that manages quickness, a straight line speed that won't too much help you in that way. Yeah. So I always uh, encourage the football players, hey, once you get this straight line speed, you'll definitely be good. Because if you run a 4-4 as a running back and you know you can run a 4-4 and a school asks you to run and you run a 4-7, that letter <laughs> might dissolve. <laughs> it might. It might go away and you'd be like, dang. You get no reply back. No, no. It'd be like, hey, what about that? No, sir. You go through our registrar office and you can apply next year. You can, uh, the letter we sent you, you can go ahead and frame it as a souvenir if you yeah, like. Man. That's all it's going to be. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Let's talk about a little bit about your falters or when you possibly felt like you could have failed at running track or a Justin Gatlin wouldn't have been. You would have just been Justin. All right, so <laughs> I definitely have two stories. So one, one story is I used to do hurdles. Obviously, you know that. Yeah, sidewinder. Sidewinder. I used to hit it, hit it <laughs> sideways and be stepping like that. So um, I used to do the 300 hurdles. So in Florida, we had 300 hurdles. We didn't have 400-meter hurdles, right? Mm. So we would have to go to high school nationals at that point in time, which was in Raleigh, North Carolina, at NC State. And they didn't have no 300-meter hurdles. So all 300-meter hurdlers that came from anywhere in the nation, they had to either had to sign up for 400-meter hurdles or do it another event. Mm. So I was like, you know, can't be that bad. You know what I mean? I, I'm doing 300 hurdles. I'm coming through. I still got a little more kick at the end. I'm coming across the line. I'm not as tired as I, as I feel I am. But when you add on that extra 100 meters, <laughs> listen, <laughs> that 400-meter hurdles, <laughs> is a different beast. Because <laughs> right now, when I was in high school, my only time I've ever ran a 400-meter hurdles, there's a picture of me floating around <laughs> of me in a black speed suit. <laughs> I was skinny, scrawny. I don't even know why I had a speed suit on, right? <laughs> and I'm just all looking like, because I'm in the last 100, I'm probably like 15, 50 meters to go before I finish the race, right? So you was winning the whole race? I wasn't winning the race. You was <laughs> Listen, I wasn't winning the race. I don't even think I was in second in that race. And that was just my heat. That wasn't even the finals. <laughs> <laughs> so I probably was about good, maybe fifth. I was probably fifth in my, in, my, in my heat coming through. But like I said, once I got to that 300 meter mark, that monkey jumped on my back. 
Bear did too. Either or. <laughs> bear animal. Bear man, the monkey jumped on my back. And like I said, you can you probably can YouTube it, Google it, whatever, and you can find a picture of me high school just looking all crazy with running. The praying mantis on. The praying mantis on <laughs> running. Um, once I crossed the finish line, I went straight to the infield, lay down for about a good 20, 30 minutes, man, just laid out. <laughs> Mom yelling from the stands. Baby, you okay? <laughs> All I could do is throw the hand up. <laughs> After that, I ain't run no more 400 hurdles. Actually, when I got to college, Vince Anderson, my coach at the time, he was just like, I think we'll try you the 400 hurdles. I was like, Vince, I was like, we could try it, but I'm not, and I'm not switching legs. I had a bad experience running <laughs> 400 hurdles, period, okay? So I'm already left lead leg. So I'm like, I really don't got to switch. In my mind, he was like, man, we got to switch. So he's like, we're going to take the first hurdle with your right lead. Soon as I ran, got out the blocks, bah! Got to that first hurdle, knocked it down. Looked at him and said, nah, we ain't doing this. <laughs> I didn't even attempt it anymore after that. He was like, all right, cool. That's crazy. Stuck straight to the sprints. That's crazy. Man, um, we're going to talk about a little bit about uh, people that poured in, into our lives, mostly coming up, man. I remember um, as a youngster coming up, uh, running like age, age group track, uh, Car rest is sold, Mr. Mr. Bodie. Uh, people in the Bahamas don't know who Mr. Bodie is, man. He uh he fosters a lot of careers. Michael Matthew, uh, okay. Andre Williams, a lot of these kids. Uh, we came up through Mr. Bodie. Uh, he's passed now. Um, God rest his soul. But he he poured a lot into us. Uh, told us uh, about um, hard work and stuff like that early and like age group crap. But we in the Bahamas like it's different. So we don't train like after school, like, like uh, back then. You would have to wake up at 5.30 in the morning and it still goes on now. See right there? <laughs> that would have deterred me from running track. What, 5.30 in the morning? 5.30 in the morning to go practice and then go to school? Yeah, that, this, it's a normal thing. It still happens today. Like, I just Not my came, today. <laughs> I, just, I just came back from the Bahamas and kids are still training at 5.30 in the morning. Then they get ready for school. Listen, bro. And then they go to school. Let me tell you <laughs> right now. That's how it is. The kids in the bottom are the most, they the most disciplined kids. Boy, they wake up <laughs> at 5.30 in the morning and just to go run and then go to school after that. It, it's true. Mm. That's, 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 that's how it works. Mm. You either, you'll go to the track or you'll go to the beach. Uh, in the off season, most people go to the, to the beach and, and you train at 5.30 in the morning. Yeah. Go home, take a shower, and then you go to school. And it's a normal thing. Like, you have coaches home that administer these workouts at 5.30 in the morning. So kudos to those coaches that get up too, Oh, man. yeah. You know you, what I mean? You don't realize, and I didn't realize until I started really coaching with you, that you have to be so dedicated, just as dedicated as your athletes 100%. are. You know what I mean? Like, and to be a good coach, you have to, sh you have to show your athletes through action. Yeah. Being on time. Yeah. Being zoned in and focused on what the workout is. Yeah. Right? Not slacking. All right. You know, giving good information, giving good feedback. And also, you know, as a coach, I really feel like you can't come whatever is affecting you outside of track. But that's tough. It Spe is tough. Especially for the athletes in this time. It is tough. Very, 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 it's, it's tougher for the athletes in this time to drop and leave their woes at the gate and come in and just understand the workout and try to administer that. That's, that's very tough. Look, man. I always believe that once you walk through that, you cross that threshold and you walk onto that track, whatever is outside of that track, you leave it. You know, because unless it's going to fuel you to run faster, 
and you're going to get some kind of like anger from it and it's going to charge you up or something like that to run harder and faster, then do it. But anything else, it's a distraction. Yeah. It's something that's not necessary and it's going to really distract you from what you need to do. I think that's, that, that's a heavy thing, man, for, to do. I, I know I dealt with that on the, on the senior level. I dealt with that a lot. It was, it was definitely hard, especially if you're dealing with something from the day before. Because even if you drop it at the fence, when you walk back to the fence, it's right there waiting for you. You got you to pick it up like a bag. <laughs> That's fine, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's been times uh, I'll be, I roll the practice up like, as ah, soon as I cross that line, bloop. all right, let's focus. Boom, boom, boom. Practice over with, tie it. You get over there to the car. Anyway, like I was saying, <laughs> you, you, but it's, you have to be able to sacrifice and you got to make space for the thing you desire. Yeah. Especially if you're a track athlete, you can't let nothing focus, nothing that's going to like deter you from what your focus is because it's whatever you practice. So right now, if you're practicing being distracted, then guess what? On the day of competition or the biggest moment of your life, most likely you're going to let distractions come in. I didn't learn how to master that until after my career. But tell us how you mastered that during your career because it seemed like you, knowing the way you came through, you really understood how to kind of encapsulate separating problems and trying to succeed at the same time. I just felt like the days I had practice and I had things on my mind and my heart that weren't about practice or running, it really made me upset by the time I finished practice because I knew I could have gave more. And then I had to learn how to be able to kind of like compartmentalize certain things that weren't going to make me a better athlete. And I just mainly just pushed myself to focus on running. That's really it. Just run and everything else is going to fall into place. Whatever I'm stressed about, guess what? If I run and I compete and I win, it's probably going to help make whatever the stress is better. Yeah, yeah. It's going to release those happy endorphins that you achieve success. Now, on the coaching side, for me, it's kind of, it's the same thing, but I've learned how to master now, no matter what I'm going through, how to separate it and demonstrate it. Because one, I do understand uh, one thing that Dennis taught me is to protect the environment of your group. Um, was you want to not take your bad energy, bring it to practice, because that'll end up projecting onto your athletes. Absolutely. So if you could... If I could close my, my doors in the car and I'd have a kumbaya moment with God and I'd be like, all right, Usa, come to it, get out and act like a regular guy. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody will be like, <laughs> everybody be like, man, Rod, you always seem like you're okay. Boy, you do I'm, a, I'm not really okay. It's just that I'm always stressed so you don't really understand what an unstressed me Well, boy, you do a like. great job of it. <laughs> you always seem happy. <laughs> yeah. Always. But I, I, try to, I try to master that. And that way, it's easier for me to focus on the goal of the athlete and yeah. make their goals my goals. And sometimes I probably get more disappointed than the athletes when they don't achieve their goal. And they're looking at me like, oh, I see you, bro. <laughs> what do you mean you sometimes? <laughs> as soon as they cross the line, if they haven't hit the time or won the race or be in the standards that you want them to be at, I see you, bro. You'd be like, man, nah, man, we ain't do what we supposed to do, man. <laughs> this is your face, too. Nah, man. <laughs> And we got stuff to work on. And I'm like, Rod, come on, man. We weren't even supposed to run into it. Or Rod, come on, man. Look, they, they, they held their technique all the way through, you know? But I get it. It's a standard that you operate at. Yep. And, and, and as a coach, you have to create a standard. You right. have to create a standard because if you don't, then 
you're going to let anybody just do whatever they want to do as an athlete in front of you. Right. You know? Right. And then they, they ultimately ended up achieving the goal later on. Uh, we formulate the plan. We follow the plan. And even when I feel like they were in the plan of Jesus stuff, then I'm back to good. I'm like, all right. So it all worked out. So we good to go. So then I got a question right now. So we're talking about the young athletes and how they look now. So when we were in college, there's certain things that these athletes have now that we don't have, right? So right now they have the portal. We didn't really have the portal when we when we were coming up, right? You had so, to kind of talk to a coach on the slide. Exactly. Be like, hey man, I'm trying to come over there. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, look. <laughs> hit him with the LeBron T-shirt. You got you can't you can't talk about it then. Yeah. But now obviously it's something that you can do. You find a lot of these young athletes are executing that and they're exercising it and they're just for whatever reason they're just jumping in the portal. Like, hey. I don't like my coach. He yelling at me at practice. Jump in the portal. Oh, you know what? I'm not the fastest on my team. I thought I was going to be the fastest when I get here. Jump into the portal. You know what? I don't like the uniforms this year. Jump into the portal. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't jump in the portal for everything. You'd be like, nah, man. I don't like daylight savings up here. I'm jumping in the portal. Yeah. I'm jumping <laughs> oh, yeah. You, can't, you can't do it. I think uh, jumping in the portal, I think... Even though it's new now, it doesn't create that mental toughness. You still have to, to, to sometimes going through that whole process of something you don't like, yeah. that L will teach you something. So you may take an a L and it may be a lesson rather than a loss. And I think some of the kids, they, they look for an easy way out. But I feel like success, there is no easy way to success. There is no mistake in success or mistake in winning. Nobody yeah. wins the 100 or wins the football game. It's like, oh, I did it by mistake. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, 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 it's winning is intentional. So with that being said, for some athletes, the portal does work, right? It does. It, it helps them. There's athletes who've gone on to be better athletes in, in a lot of other sports as well, not right. just track and field, you know, and it was needed for them, right? Right. Um, but do you feel that, like you, I think you said it a little earlier. You was like, hey, Does it build the right character? Because if you're searching as an athlete, you're searching for a certain type of win, a certain type of success, and, you, and let's just say a coach talks it up and says, hey, man, you come over here, we're going to win a whole bunch of championships, we're going to do this and that, X, Y, Z, correct? Yeah. So if that's, being, if that's being said, but then it's not being delivered, do you think it's okay for the athlete to be able to jump in the portal? Um, yes. Because the athlete, the, the coach is there to build the school's success. That's, yeah. that's the banner across the chest, right? Whatever school you go to, that's what's across the chest. Their job is to market the school. Your job is to market you. So when you're there for you, if, it, if it's not placating to the goal that, that you wanted, or that coach is not actually being truthful or following through with the plan that they made for you, I say, yes, you have to make a choice for yourself to go elsewhere and try to find that goal. Yeah. So I think, yeah, definitely for those reasons, if you're being ignored, um, if the coach is being facetious to you on some petty, we know we have some petty coaches out there yeah. that might just be like tit for tat, oh, I ain't coaching him today. If you're there on scholarship and your coach is not coaching you, yeah. uh, that's get in the portal. I got because you. you need to actually get to where you can actually be better. I got you. You know, but if it's, Something to where 
Oh man, that 400 workout was too hard today, man. I'm getting in the portal. They only do 150s over there, down there in Miami. You know what I mean? Not the University of Miami, I'm just saying Miami. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, whatever school, uh, I'm going down there because they don't do nothing over 150. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I don't think that's a good reason. Um, going back to the kids, we saw some great things today, man. Uh, we had a young man like a 10-year-old, I can't remember his name. If I do remember his name, man, I would have shouted him out, man. But I, I told his mom today she has to foster his mental toughness because he was so tough. He was pulling the sled. He fell. He, when he fell, he got up, and he didn't wait for anybody to I know something about Zai. Yeah, that's yeah. his name? Yeah. yeah, yeah. With the braids, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Shout out yeah. to Zai. Yeah. And he finished that, and he finished, and he was like, he told me when I walked up to him next to him, he's like, Coach, I'm going to do better next time. And I told his mom... I said, you listen, you want to nurture this. This right here, you want to nurture that type of mentality at 10 yeah. years old. Yeah. I, I, I like that kid. We, I saw um, the taller kid uh, from Ocala. I'm bad with names. I'm bad with names. Uh, okay. He ran 49 indoor. Okay, okay. Man, yeah. I, I, I loved him and him trying to work hard and him trying to get it. I seen him down there with you working with the blocks on some extra time. I think he was working with Joel too. Yeah. Yeah, trying to get some extra time on the block so he could get better, man. Um, and a lot more kids, if we didn't remember your name or we didn't say anything about you, I don't want you to. No, especially on the female side. It. Oh, yeah, on the female the young, side. The young ladies out there, it was one named Amani. She, I think she's going to go over there to, uh, to Batman over at St. Aug. Shout out to Batman. Shout out to St. Aug, man. Yep. She, um, she looked good. Certain things that need to be fixed along the way, and that's clearly why they're at the camp. You know what I mean? Right. But you could see that I like athletes who are looking to change. And when you give them a cue, like, man, bigger arms. And they go back to the next rep and they work on bigger arms, right? Or higher knees. They work on higher knees, right? Um, that's a beautiful thing because you know that they want to be better. Yep. They want that success almost instantaneously. Like, teach me right now. Yeah, 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 How can yeah, I run yeah, faster? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, and most, most kids and even parents who are just involved in the sport don't understand it's a process. It's a consistency of training hard every day, doing the same thing, repetition, to do it right so many times so you can not get it wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? A lot of the parents is like, is my kid going to be better today and we won't have to do anything? And it's like, no. I said, just you take the knowledge that we've given you um, and you keep reiterating to your child to where they can keep on doing the same thing that we taught them there. So, you know, a lot of these kids nowadays, are, they, they, they see success at a different horizon than we did, right? right. So mm -hmm. our generation didn't even know how to turn pro. No. So we just running. And hopefully got a phone call. We met somebody and said, yeah, oh, yeah you was watching me? Okay, no. cool. Now today you got the internet, YouTube. You got people able to come out to meets and watch and things like that, right? Your name, your races, your times are put out there very fast, right? Um, do you feel that it's tougher for young athletes to create a name for themselves? Or is it tougher for young athletes once they got on to stay consistent? I think um, the kids should focus more on them and, and not their brand. I mean, I'm not saying that they shouldn't focus on their brand, but focus on what they're doing because what they're doing would afford them a brand, right? Nobody would know who you are. If you're the fastest kid in your school, nobody knows you if you're not the fastest kid. 
So keep focusing on that, trying to uh, uh, make that craft better. Mm-hmm. And then as the brand gets bigger or your name gets around, then you start handling the brand. So gotcha. I feel like everything needs to be handled in stages. You know what I mean? I feel like the athletes today, they try to do too many things at once. It's only 100% of yourself. So if you're trying to do three things at once, that's 33.3, 33.3, 33.3. That's failure in each section. Jack of all trades. Yeah, uh, yeah, but a master of none. But a master of none. So I'd rather phase one, 100% here. Once this is achieved, move 100% here. And it not, might not make sense, but I know that, that that's worked for me and where I've been trying to build. You know what I mean? 100% focusing on this, then this could happen. 100% focusing on this, then that happened. And I feel like that's a good practice to take. I think for me, if I put myself back in that situation, I look at how I was as a, as a young athlete and then as a professional athlete, um, I think my professional career has been publicized more. So a lot of people realize my more my ups and downs of what I've been through. But to be honest, I feel like my youth part of my career was harder. And I say that because, once again, you trying to create your own lane. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You don't even got your own lane yet, bro. You trying to create your own lane. I feel like I was working hard to create a lane so I can get noticed by uh, uh, high school nationals, so I can notice to get a scholarship, so then I can just get on, make sure I get a good scholarship for one. And then if I have hopes to turn pro, not only do I got to run fast as a collegiate, I got to be able to put it down so I can even get a contract to even maintain that. So I think a lot of these young athletes recognize that but when they get in they just drop the ball on the consistency after they got after they got the big contract or they got the full scholarship 100 percent, 100 percent. you get the contract in order to achieve the goal of a gold medal yeah silver medal bronze medal or whatever it may be and i think that's what's missed i think most of the kids they get the money and there's more about showing off or stunting but uh, once you realize if you achieve the goal, the contract they gave you the first time, the second one will be even even bigger. Yeah. But going back to when you said, when you started track and field to try to get the scholarship, man, I and you talk about why you tra- started uh, track and field. I ran track and field for all the wrong reasons. I remember when I was in, uh, in primary school, <laughs> I realized basketball kids, it was just boys practicing basketball, soccer, it was just boys doing that. And when I looked around and I looked, uh, 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 we have a field called Walter Parker Field. It's a, it's a field right in the back of the private school. I realized track and field was the only sport where the girls and boys integrated. And I was like, I want to do that. <laughs> not because I want to run. That's what I want to run. I'm not because I want to run. That's my sport. Not because that's my sport right there. They stretching together. I want to do that. <laughs> I want to do that. All other sports, it was not like that. Why did you start track and field? The same reason. What do you mean? <laughs> the same exact reason. It was co-ed. <laughs> then girls wearing short shorts. <laughs> it was the same reason. You got to leave school early. Oh, yeah, you, had to yeah, go, yeah. you had to get on the bus so you can go to the, to the meet. That's the best flex. You remember when they, they rang the bell to leave school early? Yeah. All the track team down to the <laughs> like, holla at y'all, boy, I'm leaving class. Hey, <laughs> you put that bag on, look back at them. <laughs> you out of there. We out of there. <laughs> And on top of that, I mean, pizza, hot dogs, hamburgers. Yeah. It was a fun time. You know what I mean? You had to really worry about, you weren't stressing about making sure. I mean, for football, you had to get on the bus. You had to go take naps with all these other dudes before the football game. 
You know what I'm saying? You in that funky locker room. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. You get, it was different. Track and field was different. And co-ed, that's what brought me in, man. I ain't gonna lie. That's what brought me in. <laughs> then I realized I was good at this. <laughs> then, then after you get good, if you're in high school, I remember when I got here to the United States, man, it became even better because now you get to go on trips, Florida relays. You want to go and do, you want to go on the trip because you're going to get on the bus. You're going to stay in the hotel. You're going to stay overnight. That's the best thing. Listen, that you're was like, better no, for I'm me. I'm trying to make it to Florida relays because, you know what I mean? We know this other school from game. You seen her run at the other track. <laughs> you're trying to go back and be like, hey, yo, old girl from South Ridge. She going to be everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man. That was, Florida relays was the best because I was the only man. I was the only male on my team that went to Florida Relays. Wow, wow, wow. The, the female coach, he took, he took his girls always to Florida Relays. Oh, okay. But I was good enough to go and really compete at Florida Relays. And usually, either the athletes that we had on our side, boys-wise, either they were playing football or another sport, so they really couldn't go to Florida Relays at that point in time. So I'm, st I'm on the bus like, yeah, I got all these girls around me, dad. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a good experience, though, because oh, I was able to, to work more where other athletes were getting ready for uh, football or whatever the sport they were doing, I was able to get back into the gym, work harder because I had more time. And then when our real official uh, team training started, I was already ahead of the game. I was already stronger. I was already had the endurance necessary because, you know, our high school coach would work the girls out at least a month prior before it was time to start because mm. they, none of them were really playing other sports. He, he had them so disciplined and had them understanding what it looked like for their future. You run good, here there will be an opportunity for you to get to the next stage of college. Mm -hmm. But we had to be disciplined and focused and really ready, you know? So it was a good experience. I always tell kids, man, you want to make it to Florida Relays, especially if, you, if you're planning on that plan to go to state, because I still coach some high school kids. I said, because... Florida Relays, nine times out of ten, is a preview of who you're going to see at state championship. You go, you're going to see two or three of these guys again, and it gives you a chance to measure yourself up, to see what you have to do for another month before you come back to the state championship and race this person. All right, so we're talking about Florida Relays. You been to Texas Relays before? No, never. You never been to Texas Relays? Never been to Texas Relays. No. Bro, listen, Florida Relays is my heart. That's you know, I grew up running Florida Relays as a high schooler, collegiate, professional. So I have a lot of history with Florida Relays. But I went to Texas Relays for the first time as a professional athlete. And it was different, dog. It was different. I didn't realize how much love Texas had for track. Shout out to Texas. It was, the stands were full to the top, right? And I remember sitting there putting my spikes on, and it's about 2003. So I'm turning, I turned pro already. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, it had to be like 2004, 2005, or something like that, because I had my own spike then. I had my G5s. Yeah, that G5. I would, hey, if you got a G5, I think it had like a little zip on it. Zip, and then it had, it had a strap to go across the front. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. So you're yeah. locked in. You know what I mean? So I remember we was warming up, and obviously the warm up is nowhere near the stadium, right? So you had to warm up on the field, and then they, they, they take you over, walk you over to where the stadium is, and you come out, and you stand to the side, and you're watching other people run, and you're watching the crowd, right? That was probably the first time I ever looked at a stadium like, yo, this is real. For whatever reason, it just was the energy was just like, wow, wow, 
Like people were there to really watch. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm here annually because it's a thing to do. People were really watching. And I remember I got so nervous. I'm putting my spikes on in a hurry. And I literally broke my strap. I pulled it so hard. I was like, pop. I was so nervous, man, because that energy is different. And you feel it at different stadiums, you know. But I like going places where there's that one-of-a-kind energy, like Texas Relays. You go to uh, Prefontaine. All those different places are staples. You know where I felt that energy at? I didn't know it's going to feel that energy at. Uh, I think uh, we went to Gibson Relays. Uh, we went to run. The Bahamas team went to run a 4 by one day at Gibson Relay. And if you know in Jamaica, <laughs> practice track is here. And then you walk like through a tunnel. You talking about the stadium? Yeah. The, the real stadium, right? Yeah, the national and you, stadium? And you, you got to walk through that concrete uh, tunnel? I know you're talking about and it's dark through the yeah, concrete tunnel. And you don't hear anything. And like, like you walk in and as you see the light at the end, you walk in and you walk, you walk out and it's like the gladiators, like you feel like a lion gonna come out. And the Jamaican fans, they're great, but like they're fierce though. Oh yeah. They're, they, and they love their Jamaican athletes, man. But I, that, I got that feeling at Gibson Relays, man. Yeah. It, 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 yes. It, it, it was different. Stands were packed. Other countries were there to run their four by ones. Also, you know what I mean to try to get it in. You have to get in a couple of four by ones before um, you try to run Worlds or Olympics. But I got that feeling like that there at Gibson Relay. That it was, it was a great experience. But your legs can go dead. You could feel like noodle legs when oh, you yeah. come in. And once you roll your head like this, you're like, okay. <laughs> This man, is what the, it is. the last time I ran in Jamaica was probably 2013, man. 2013, 2014, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, it's real. That energy. I don't yeah. care what it is. Gibson <laughs> or not, bro. It was real. When you step you in that also, stadium. You was Jamaican invite. That was you ran. I was right? Jamaican invite. Exactly. You got the horn. What do they call the horns? Yeah. Like, they have a name I for the horns? I don't want to go like. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. I remember that tunnel, walking through that tunnel. <laughs> It'd be so dark, and then you see that light, like you said, <laughs> you almost feel like, <laughs> you almost feel like you died, and you <laughs> went to the other side. Because it's so long, yeah, right? You, you be walking, and you can hear your spikes in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> That's really how it is. No, really hey, it. man, the fans in Jamaica, the fans in, the Jamaican fans anywhere, bro. Like, it's just one of a kind. I love, I love USA. I'm Team USA all day. I love going to a stadium anywhere in the world and seeing a person waving an American flag somewhere in the stands. But as I've gotten, gone through my career... Everybody, everywhere. They are, Jamaicans are everywhere. I don't understand. Belgium? And if, and if they're not there, they have traveled there. Yes. We've seen, I've seen a Jamaican in Estonia. I'm like, Estonia? <laughs> Estonia? <laughs> Finland? How is there Jamaicans here? It's like, they're like everywhere. But you know, at the same time, they travel there. Because you got to think, it's like, all right, so for us Americans, we're like, we want to go on vacation. You know, you want to go to the Grand Canyon. You want to go to Las Vegas. You want to go to Times Square. But Jamaicans like, all right, cool. We can do those kind of things. But we also want to put on this. We want to see Usain Bolt run. Yeah. So it's been times where we've been in championships and they, they buy out a whole section in a stadium. And it's just all Jamaicans in there. That's how it is at Penn Relays. It is. That's how it is at Penn Relays. It is. That's how it is at Penn Relays. Well, you know what? Especially about Penn, man, that's one place I love, bro. Yeah, I love love Penn, too. At the end of the day, that was my backstretch. Oh, yeah. I had to make sure sure you heard that USA chant. 
Yeah. It couldn't be just Jamaican chant. You had to hear that USA chant too. I'm sorry, we didn't have a real section for the bombers. Nah, I mean? nah, nah, nah. We came, <laughs> we came on, we came on pretty well in 2012 when we got that gold medal though. You did. Shout out to the Golden Knight. You did. Golden Knight. <laughs> we did. We did. We so did. Man. What was it like after your countrymen win the gold medal, right? What was it like in the country? Did y'all have did y'all like take Oh man, they celebrated, man. It's, y'all it's took a holiday? Times. We didn't get a holiday. Oh hell, man. But I mean, I, I remember it was like the second coming of the Golden Girls in 2000. You know what I mean? Um, shout out to shout out to the Golden Girls also in 2000. When we, well, a small country like that, beating a beating like a juggernaut country. Just say it, like team, they beating USA. Yeah, I know. beating America. You you ain't like you didn't want to say it. <laughs> it. It was just a big deal. It inspired. I could honestly say they inspired a whole breed of the next generation of sprinters of the Stevies. I mean, people still talk about it today. When the when the Golden Girls won the um, won the uh, gold medal, I t- I kid you not, you know how you go to the movies and you have like the the previews. Yeah, they would replay the video as the, the preview in the movie before theater, the movie before the movie before wow. the movie. So you will watch it, and the, and the funny thing is, every time you saw it, like the movie will go crazy, like it just happened, like ah, they made like songs all, all about it. You know what I mean? Uh, it was like wave your rag, wave your rag. They would call out. Every Golden Girl's name, uh, when they sang the song, it was all over the radio. It, w- it was like pandemonium. Listen, bro, um, you could not have that in America. <laughs> if you showed the video of, let's just say the females, 4x100, <laughs> breaking the world record, right? In 2012, our females, Team USA, people be sitting in the stands watching that movie, getting ready for that movie to start, they're going to be like, hey, who are these people? <laughs> So it's different for us. It's really different. You know what I mean? That means it's, it's definitely our job to figure out how do we change that, right? We have to. You know to. what I mean? Not even just in the USA, just on this side of where how do we grow the sport on this side to where it, it could be so much bigger because, I mean, track and field has done so much for both of us that we didn't even know it can do. And, and kids coming up, they still don't know. You know what I mean? They don't know it could afford them education or afford them a lifestyle or uh, afford them jobs later on in life that they wish they uh, could get. You know what I mean? It's just so much tracking. Oh, traveling the world. Like, we've, between you and I, we probably wrapped the world so many times on somebody else's dime. I know, I'm like, Paris, what's that, man? I've been there yeah. five times. Right? <laughs> yeah, you know but, I mean? but, but it's, it's a good deal, and I feel like we probably need to uh, be better at telling our kids what track and field could afford for them, how cultured they could be by traveling the world, and everything else and seeing what else is out there. But that 2012 world record, that's that's special, man. Oh yeah. That 100%. team, that that is definitely special. You could watch it today if you're a track and field fan. Now I know a lot of track and field fans will watch it like how you said. You don't even gotta be a track and field fan. To watch that happen. It's crazy. And watch these women run around the track with just and pass the stick just effortlessly, just and bring it home. Yeah. Like they made it look like it was just easy, like child's play, bro. That was a special moment for sure. Yeah. Shout out to all y'all, man. Allison, yeah. Tiana, Bianca, Jet. Y'all did your thing. But it was it was big for the Golden Knights when we came back too. May I I I can't remember and I may be off a little bit. I don't know if it was as big as the Golden Girls because they they were the first. So our Golden Knights, you know, man. Uh, shout out to them also. It, it was a it was a great thing. You were proud. I remember standing on my couch. Being so happy because y'all always had like an X factor. It's like one guy on the team who who you know 
once he got the baton, it was going to be a tough deal. And it was LaShawn. Striking distance. Yeah, yeah. Long as he's in striking distance. And, you know, and I've helped coach LaShawn. Uh, but I remember in 2012, I didn't want it to happen to him. I wasn't helping coaching him in 2012. But, uh, uh, but I remember, I can't remember if it was Monaco or whatever. I remember um, calling one of my friends. And I think he had an Achilles issue. You watch him in the Diamond League, and he just slows down. And he comes off the track. And I called my friend, and I said, yo, that gold medal is ours. Because that's the only <laughs> thing that could, <laughs> could hold us back. Because no matter where he was, LaShawn was definitely the X factor. And this friend fought me down. Uh, I call his name, Joel. Fought me down. That nah, we still going to get the gold medal. I don't care what you're talking about. We going to still get the gold medal. And we ended up coming out on top because he was the only guy at the time I think maybe in the world running 19.7 and 44. Oh, yeah, boy. It I, wasn't, and, and with that type of sprint speed running the 400 at 19.7, ain't too much you, listen, <laughs> ain't too much you can do with that if he's in striking distance. Yeah. He put, he put me on notice when he started dropping them 19. <laughs> I'm like, man, I got to run against this dude, man. <laughs> and shout out to LaShawn, man. Machine LaShawn Merritt, man. Machine <laughs> Merritt, dog. Nicest dude you can meet, too, Very, bro. very nice. You, calm, very cool. Very like. calm. You in the call room area. You know you know how I am, man. I'm, I'm already like, ah. All right, we got to run for this 200. Here come LaShawn. Hey, man. Good luck, dog. I'm going to see you afterwards, man. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all be like, Hey, what y'all doing after this? No one here ain't going. No <laughs> What y'all doing after this? He gonna get missing. He's not going. He's not going. <laughs> Shout out to LaShawn, man. For sure, Shout man. For sure. Um, but yeah, man. Um, but pretty much those relays are, 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 are what's so exciting about the sport. I love all those relays. I, I'm glad we out of the pandemic and they picked them back up because I miss seeing the USA versus the world, that's a real thing, man. I, I, I love to watch that. Is that um, coming back? I hope it is. I don't know if they're still doing it at pin relays or not. They need world, to bring it back wherever they're going to the do world it. world relays is back, and you know where it says in 242. Listen, man, that's the best place it need to be, man. <laughs> Bahamas was an amazing experience even to run a relay there, especially when I was at my best. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> hey, it was, was a, best. it was a time that you wasn't at your best. I remember... The grass rolling up on side of you and kind of giving you a check. That's all but right. <laughs> he can check me in the prelims. But you saw how that finals went down, though. <laughs> I saw. All right. I saw, man. But uh, hopefully we're we going to wrap it up right here. Um, hopefully you guys tune in next time on Ready, Set, Go with Justin Gatlin and Rodney Green. Peace out.